Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily and today we are speaking with Amani Roberts. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This is an African proverb that summarizes the leadership style of Amani Roberts in the perfect way. A connector, mentor, and professor, Amani loves to teach and develop people as he travels throughout his career as a DJ, music producer, and professor. Amani currently lives in Los Angeles, California, and is the chief musical curator for his company, The Amani Experience. This company specializes in providing music for corporate events, social events, creating original music for commercials or videos, and teaching students of all ages how to DJ. Amani has produced remixes of artists such as Naya, Kirby, Kelani, Camila Cabello, Little Big Town, Changing Faces, Kevin Garrett, Alicia Cara, and Major. Amani is also a professor at Cal State University, where he uses his 20 years of experience in hospitality and over 10 years of experience as a DJ to help prepare his students for life in the entertainment and hospitality industries. Amani firmly believes that as you succeed in life, it is your role as a leader to reach back and bring people with you as this journey cannot be successfully traveled alone. Welcome, Amani Roberts. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me, Lily. We're so happy to have you on our podcast. As you know, this podcast takes us on a journey to master leadership. So are you ready to pour into our listeners? I am. Let's go. All right. Tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Definitely. My path to leadership has been an interesting one that has taken me all over the United States. I Mm -hmm. first started working while I was in college for Marriott Hotels, and that was my first kind of steps into leadership, I'll say. I worked from Marriott Hotels in a variety of positions across the country, both general manager of hotels, director of marketing, regional director of sales and marketing. So by the title... I was automatically thrust into leadership positions. But even when I was, you know, say just a bellman or a front desk clerk, I already had exemplified leadership characteristics and participated and done different tasks and led a team as well through that. So I think that was kind of how I first got my exposure into leadership. And what are you doing now? So right now I have my own company. It's called the Amani Experience, and we do a variety of things. I'm a DJ by trade. So we DJ and provide music at events, whether it be corporate events, whether it be social events like weddings, parties. I teach people how to DJ both in an individual setting as well as a group setting. And then I'm also an adjunct professor at Cal State Fullerton, where I teach students about entertainment and hospitality money management. So that kind of gives you a quick summary of what I do 
now. It all came together, right? You're using all of your experience in the past to do what you do now. Definitely. It all comes together. I would not have foreseen it coming together in this fashion, but it, it's come together and I'm quite pleased. It's very exciting. So I'm curious. You mentioned at the very beginning that even though you had experience in leadership and you had the leadership title, you talked about exemplifying leadership in other ways. Tell me about that. Yes. So as a bellman, as a front desk clerk, even when I was in college playing on like soccer teams growing up, just making sure that everyone on the team, because we always work in team environments, everyone on the team is involved, has a voice when we're making decisions as a group, has the necessary training. So even as a bellman, and there would be people that maybe needed help with either they needed a shift covered or even as simple as they needed to learn how to do something on a computer so they didn't necessarily have to go to the manager, I would just say, oh, well, what do you need help with? Let me show you, or here's what I do. Mm-hmm. And just kind of helping people out with training, also listening. I mm-hmm. think in terms of listening, that's one of the most valuable leadership characteristics we can have, just listening to people as they talk, they vent, they ask questions. So a combination of listening and just being curious in terms of trying to find out what people's stories are. Where did you come from? What brought you here to work in this hotel with us? Even as just a bellman or front desk clerk helped me kind of tap into myself and exemplify leadership characteristics. Was this something that you did intentionally to learn leadership skills? I think I kind of acquired it honestly by watching other people who were in leadership positions. That's how I learned some of it. And then just kind of trial and error, growing up, just being in different organizations in school and just watching how people would gravitate towards other people who were open-minded, who listened, who just kind of cared about people more than just on the surface. Mm -hmm. So really, I kind of learned it by watching a little bit of osmosis, we like to say, and just really using that and then trial and era and practicing it and seeing how it worked when it was me as the person who was asking questions or providing help, offering a hand or assistance. It seems like you're a deep observer of people. (laughs) Yes, I grew up in a family of psychologists, so I think that kind of is hereditary. (laughs) And so I, you know, watch people, listen, and I learned to maybe watch more than I spoke, learn that Mm -hmm. the hard way, of course, and that's really helped me as well. Awesome. Now, how would you describe your leadership style? We've kind of discussed a few of the points, kind of just observing, leading by example. I definitely feel it's important to bring people with you. Like, you know, if one door opens, you walk through it and bring some people with you. So mentoring, I'm really into kind of training, you know, keeping in touch and just Mm -hmm. making sure that the people that I am leading, whether it be on a team in my company, on an association or organization that I'm a member of, are involved, are as happy as they can be, and are learning. So I'm really kind of a collaborative, listening, observant type of leader, those three kind of characteristics. Those are great characteristics to have as a leader. Now you mentioned mentoring. Do you have mentors? Yes, I have several mentors and you know, the irony of it all is I have mentors that I know in person and see consistently or talk to consistently that help me along the way, as well as mentors that maybe are doing big things that they don't know me, 
personally, but I am kind of watching what they're doing, kind of subscribing to their content, reading maybe books that they've written, listening to themselves on podcasts. So they might not know that they're my mentor, but they definitely are because I'm watching kind of what they're doing and learning from their ups mm -hmm. as well as their mistakes as well. So definitely both ways, both personally and people who kind of are out there leaders in their own spaces that I'm watching them to see what they're doing. Why is that important to you? I think that it's important because you can't do everything alone. You know, success leaves clues. So if you want to be successful, it's very wise to find people who maybe have been successful in the area or the space that you're in or you want to be in, study them, see what they've done in the past that's worked. I'm sure if you dig deep enough, you can find things that they have talked about that they may have done in the past that has not worked and then learn from them and then watch them as they make their ascension throughout their space or their field and to see what they do, what they try, maybe what doesn't work, the advice they give, how they share their story, the mm -hmm. lessons they learn, how they maybe take a shift in their business, watch it all, study it all and see how you can apply it to what you're doing on a daily basis. I love that because it calls us to be curious about people. And it also calls us, like you said, to really listen and be a keen observer of people. So thank you so much for that. Now, which quote or quotes about leadership speak to you and why? So I'll share two with you. One is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I love that quote because we can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that if you need help, don't let your ego get in the way of asking for help. Because if you ask for help, you'll acquire more people that will be there to assist you on your journey. And I think it's important because we can't do it alone. So that's mm -hmm. one quote that resonates with me. Another quote is, when people show you who they are, believe them. Maya Angelou said that. Mm -hmm. And many times you'll work with people, you have clients. It's tough sometimes. You'll meet people that maybe are dishonest or not loyal. So that's all the part about being a leader and recognizing these people and accepting them for who they are. And just understanding that if someone or a group shows you who they are, believe them and just use that to navigate through the business environment and Part of being a leader is understanding people's limits, understanding who's there to help you, who's going to be loyal, and maybe who's not, and mm -hmm. just recognizing that and moving forward. Right. And even when there are limits, it's quite possibly just a space in their journey, their state of awareness. Exactly. Um, so I love that quote because when they show you who they are, not when they tell you who they are. <laughs> <laughs> because people could say anything, but the actions is sort of the proof in the pudding. That's absolutely right. So thank you for that. Now, what's the best advice you've ever received? Ooh, that's a great question. Mm. I remember one of my DJ instructors, Mr. Chalk, he said, and this was after I had done a phenomenal set and had played really well in class when I was going to Scratch Academy. He said, you did very well and I want to compliment you and I want to urge you to keep your feet on the ground. And what he was saying is that no matter what kind of success you have, what kind of awards you have, or whatever kind of trials and tribulations you go through and maybe down times you go through, you can't get too high and you can't get too low. Like keep your feet on the ground, keep moving forward, accept everything as it is, you know, celebrate for a day if you win an award or you do something great. And conversely, if you struggle or you maybe you fall down, 
you know, sit on the ground for maybe just a day, a few hours, then get back up and keep going. And I think that we can apply this advice, real simple advice, keep your feet on the ground through anything we go through personally and professionally. And I think that's the one piece of advice that sticks out to me day after day. Great advice. In other words, be humble. Pretty much, yes. Have a sober estimate of who you are. And I love it because it's exactly what we need to do as leaders. And it's not always easy to do that. And here is where we need people speaking into our lives because we don't see it. Other people will. Definitely. Yes, I agree completely because we all have our own blind spots. Mm-hmm. And so we have to recognize them. And if something is brought to our attention, it's hard but we can't take it personal. We have to just accept the feedback and try to work on our blind spots and get better. And as long as we try to get better and work every day, then we continue to develop as leaders. What shifted you? Or maybe it wasn't a shift. Maybe you had this in you all along. But why DJing? <laughs> um, I absolutely love it. Why DJing? I always tell a story. I saw Bismarcky when I was maybe 20 years old. DJ Bismarcky was at a club in DC. And I grew up as a student of music. I grew up playing at first the flute, but really the saxophone. So I grew up as a saxophone player in the jazz band. So I was always drawn to music. My dad exposed me to music at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Then I saw Bismarcky and I said, I wanted to be a DJ, but I got caught up in kind of what people, instructors, family members thought I should be doing. So I pursued my career with Marriott, which was a very successful career, mm-hmm. but always in the back of my mind, I had wanted to DJ just because I love how a DJ can strike emotions in people and move them through songs. And I love that. And I love mm-hmm. the capability and the opportunity I have to do that on a weekly basis, two or three times a week. And so That's why I wanted to DJ, just to share music, to help people escape and to move people through music. And it took me maybe 15 years to really start to pursue the DJ career, but you know, everything happens in its right time. Mm -hmm. And that's where I am right now. And that's why I chose. Now it occurs as if it were a solo sport, but I know as a leader, there's no (laughs) such thing. What does it mean to you to have a good team and how do you build and sustain one? You're correct. Looking in on the outside, it does seem like DJing is a solo sport, but it's definitely not a solo sport. I have people on my team that I practice with to help me improve skills from turntablism, like scratching or beat juggling, to programming, picking music at the right time, at the right place. I have a mentor who's also my music theory professor. So I go to classes every week when I learn piano, music theory, we work on remixes together. And so that's like a team member. I have a group of people that I'll DJ out with that we DJ different events together or separately. So I need to build trust with them so I can trust them to go to meet with one of my clients and DJ. And I'm DJing in another function. I have another DJ working at a lounge. So to build a team, you need to get to know people. You have to build trust. And I think that's two of the main things is building trust, getting to know people, trial and error, and then just really giving it time. Like seeing how you work with someone over a period of time and how the relationship develops. And so let's speak a little bit about the Amani experience. I did see a video of you doing a professional development with, I think they were educators. And I thought it was so interesting. Tell me how you incorporate that into professional development. That 
activity that you witness is called Wheels of Steel by the Amani Experience. So we have a unique team building activity where we can come into your office, into a conference, if you're doing team building or you wanna have a breakout or even a keynote speech at a conference. And instead of doing your traditional team building where it could be like a ropes course or you're in a circle sharing or you're kind of going around the room talking about yourself, we design the team building experience around a DJ lesson. So for example, if we're going and we have a room of say 25 or 30 people, we could do up to 200 or 300 people. So mm -hmm. size really doesn't matter. And I come up to you, I say, Lily, the first step in our program is we want you to create your DJ name. And so as you're thinking about that, I'll give you a couple examples. Like I have a close friend who's a dentist. Her DJ name is DJ Flossie. You have other people like my mentor. His DJ name is Mr. Chalk. Another mentor, he took his first initial V and he's fresh, so V fresh. Or it can be your first name and your last initial, like Lily S. I have a you know, good friend, Tina T, you know, Michelle Page, first name, last name. So I'll ask you right now, Lily. Oh. <laughs> I would like to know your DJ name. So if you're we can brainstorm together, we can be like, you know, maybe do you have a favorite movie character that you like when you grew up? Or do you have a favorite nickname that maybe as you're growing up you like to use? Here we are. <laughs> the very first time. My nickname, my family knows me as BB, B-I-B-I. All right. I think we found your DJ name. That's my DJ. <laughs> okay. So my DJ name would be. So it could okay. be either DJ BB or it could just be BB on the wheels of steel. BB on the wheels of steel. I like that. So perfect. So, okay, that's stage one. And we go through that with everyone and people are sharing. Like, for example, you could have some very close friends that might not know that your family calls you BB, but that's something new that they just learned about you. Like, wow. I've known you for 15 years, Lee. I didn't even know that. And then we go on and we have turntables. And so people are initially scared, have a little bit of trepidation in terms of touching the turntable. So we'll get them on the turntable and scratch a little bit and it's fun. And they kind of get through that fear because part of being a leader and part of developing personally and professionally is getting through fear. That'll mm -hmm. kind of help unlock some doors. So we do that. And then the next question is, Okay, BB, now that we know your DJ name, we need to pick your debut song. So what song are you going to pick that's out there that would let the listeners know a lot about you? So we'll kind of paint the picture. You're going to be in Las Vegas making your debut at a club. They say, okay, now coming to the stage is BB. And what song are you going to play that's going to let the crowd know who you are? <laughs> I <laughs> Go ahead. saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Fantastic. So I'm thinking We Are the Champions. That's a get up and move forward kind of song. I love that song. We'll even teach you some few DJ tricks. You put the song on and then at the chorus, we're going to encourage all the crowd to sing along. And so you're going to drop the volume when the chorus is playing and let the crowd sing along. And I find, it's kind of a sidebar, but whenever I'm playing any song and I'm DJing out of the gig and I cut the volume and the crowd is singing along, that is the reason why I do that. That gives me such an incredible feeling because that means they're on the journey with me. And so they're understanding oh where we're going. I love it every time. It just happened this past weekend. It was a Drake song and they were singing along to it. And then you put on like another Beyonce song and they're singing along to that one. And the feeling that you get from that is something that I've never felt before. So that's just a sidebar, no. but that would happen with the song you chose, We Are the Champions. That would happen with that song. So mm -hmm. we'll go through that and then one thing that we do is we get people on the microphone because besides the fear of death, 
That is the most common fear. In fact, some people fear talking in front of people more than they fear dying. So we get people on the microphone and you would say, okay, everyone, what's up? I'm known as BB and here I am playing my debut song for you. And you press play. So we do that, we kind of record that because people love that little moment. And then we continue on. And kind of the final steps in this team building activity is that we play a game called Where Were You When? And so you mentioned Queen. Say we put on a song like maybe Bohemian Rhapsody and we ask you, okay, when you hear this song, what memories come up? What are you thinking about? Where were you when you hear this song? And people go around the room and they share and they talk and the knowledge mm -hmm. and the insight into other people, what they learn from people who they've been working with for 20 years, it's amazing. And so we go through that and that kind of takes us like 60, 70 minutes. And the final activity, if we have time, is we do a little competition, group up, you use the skills you've learned between working on the microphone, a little scratching there and we kind of have a little competition and to kind of perform and so that's kind of a quick summary of the activity but you can see how fun it is already just from going through a couple of the parts of the activity so i love this because have you seen the movie bohemian rhapsody not yet but um it's on my list in the movie one of the biggest things is audience participation and queen is one of the first big performers who really focused on this and brought the audience in. I get how powerful that is. But I saw it in the movie, in his eyes. You know, the actor was amazing. This is so timely because, <laughs> because it does speak and it is a very powerful experience. So thank you for sharing that. Now, if our listeners wanted to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? The best way to connect with me is on social media. My handles are at Amani Experience. So it's at, and then my name is A, M like Mary, A, N like Nancy, I, the word experience. That's what it is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. They can always listen to me on my podcast, which is the Amani Experience podcast as well. And the website is just ImaniExperience.com. Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. If you haven't downloaded your copy of the Master Leadership Journal, go to masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ to get instant access and begin growing your leadership with questions that have been curated by top level leaders. I've also included some cool extras for you at masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ. Omani, can you share with us a challenge that you've experienced and how it's shaped your life? The challenge I really focus on sharing is when I made a shift and I decided to leave a very successful and well-paying corporate job with Merritt Hotels and pursue my DJing full-time. And the challenge was that I had many, many close friends, family, peers questioning, you know, kind of my motives to my face, doubting that how successful that would be and really not being as supportive as I would have expected. Mm -hmm. But as I've learned, you know, when people show you who you are, you have to believe them. So that was a challenge. And then within that challenge was another challenge where I had to go back to school. I had a close friend of mine who was very supportive and is still very supportive, who said, you know, I know you're DJing and now you're going full time, but I think maybe it would help you if you go back to this school that I went to called Scratch Academy and you kind of learn some more and it'll kind of just get you even on a bigger and better trajectory. It was in the middle of my DJing career, so I already knew a little bit, I thought, about how to DJ. 
So I went to the school, went for a couple classes and realized that, yes, this is where I need to be, both for the community as well as for the education. I signed up for their program. And what that involves is that's like getting your MBA in DJing. So it's like Mm -hmm. a year-long program. They have six or seven classes that you must pass before you can go into the next class. I got all the way to the end of the program. And I ended up being two points short of passing the class. And so it was heartbreaking. It was very humbling. Mm -hmm. And I had a decision to make at that time. Do I take my ball and go home and just kind of not finish it? Or do I swallow my pride, get my ego in check, and go back and repeat just the final class? This was a pivotal point for me in my career. I decided to go back, take the final class again, end up getting one of the highest scores, And just so people are aware, the final class, there is no guarantee. You have to perform each week in front of your peers and change out music. And there's no guarantee that just because you took it before, you're going to do well the next time because it's very challenging. And many people don't pass it. So in addition to going back and taking that final class again, I asked for help. And I was able to get a tutor to help me kind of with my fundamentals. He became one of my mentors, DJ V Fresh. And now he's my remix partner and I take music theory classes from him. So everything Mm. happens as it should because it brought us closer together. Mm. And I ended up getting one of the highest scores in the class. At the graduation, the director of the program, DJ Hoppe, he usually doesn't really say much about individual graduates. He might say a few words here and there. But when it came my time to be announced to come up and get my platinum diploma, he spoke for about a minute and a half about my leadership throughout the class and just how I was a good example and was there for my other peers and was like a spokesperson, which feeds into what we're discussing today. Mm -hmm. And he said all this kind of unprompted. So I ended up passing the class and doing well. I went back again a year later to do the music production program and passed through that as well. So that would be the biggest challenge within the other major challenge of shifting careers that I went through. I wrote down some words, Amani, about your journey as a leader through this process. One of the things that I observed or got is that you had a vision and not everybody else was on board. The passion that you had to pursue it was intense. And even when you had people who didn't support you, you persevered through that. And that's another word that I wrote down, that as a leader, we have to persevere because there are going to be obstacles, especially when we're walking our passion. Definitely. And the other thing you mentioned is ego. In our journey in leadership, our ego will show up. And what we do when it does show up, is important. And so the fact that you had mentors, the fact that you had people that you intentionally chose to speak into your life at this time is important. And so I really applaud you and I appreciate you sharing with us this challenge. Thank you. My pleasure. Hopefully someone can learn from the story I share. Well, you know, John Maxwell says, experiences aren't what teaches us. It's reflecting on those experiences. (laughs) And it's wise to reflect on your experiences, but it's even wiser to reflect on other people's experiences. <laughs> I don't have to go through that. Right? Agreed. That's very true. Yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully it'll land. So thank you so much. Now, Amani, can you tell us about one of your greatest successes? 
I'm very active in an association called Meeting Planners International. So this is an association of like event planners, suppliers such as myself, you know, photographers, venues. It's an international association. I'm very active in the Southern California chapter. And we do a lot of work with our members and then students that are in local universities and colleges. So we had a plan last year where we were trying to increase membership and we went to colleges and spoke to students and we were able to increase our membership. And we were also able to strengthen the chapter and have our member numbers grow over 600. As a result, I was awarded chapter leader of the year the past year. And that was just so big because I had been nominated two years before, but didn't get it. And so just as we're speaking about just persevering and continuing to be there for the members of the chapter and to be selfless and really work to kind of add value for the chapter and bring that through. That's the first success I think of because chapter of the year was like a big moment, recognized in front of your peers for being a leader, which is what we're talking about today. So that was very excited. And then another one, since I already shared the story about graduating from Scratch Academy and being like the valedictorian of the class, that would be another one, but I already shared that story. So a third story or achievement would be through my music production journey, being able to release a remix EP, which is a collection of remixes we've done for different artists, have that get released, and then follow that up with having an artist reach out to us, myself and my remix partner, to do a remix for them that was amazing because that's what we were working towards. And it might seem like small and insignificant, but to really put in the work. And I started this remix and music theory journey. I had to learn piano from scratch. I grew up playing the saxophone, but not the piano. So I had to learn how to play starting from the regular C major scale. to now where I'm doing three octave major minor triplets and arpeggios. So I just consider that whole journey leading us to get an artist to reach out to us to do a remix and pay us. That's just really big for me, it's kind of current. So those are two that come to mind that are pretty recent. Well, you know, I'm super impressed. I don't know much about music. I love music and I dance to it. <laughs> That's good. Keep dancing. So you're really speaking a different language to me. So I'm sure there are some listeners who, in fact, we've had people on our podcast that are great musicians as well. So I'm sure that will land. Now, there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention here. The fact that an artist reaches out to you, from my perspective, what that says is that they trust you with their baby because their music, that's their heart, their passion. And to put their music in your hands says a lot when you talk about how big that is and how important that is. That's how that lands on me, that they trust you with their heart, with their baby. And the other thing that I wanted to kind of tap into here is that you mentioned twice that you went at something something you were passionate about and you failed, or it didn't work out quite the way you wanted to, and you could have taken your ball and gone home, right? But you <laughs> I know how hard that is. And the fact that you did it twice is so impressive to me, Amani. And I don't think that you just do it twice. I think this is who you are. I appreciate that you heard that twice too. I think in terms of how I do this, I go back to when I was growing up, and I was really active and pretty successful soccer player, but there was always this one team that we would struggle to beat. And so we would struggle against them and we wouldn't win. 
but I always came back the next week to practice and keep going. And I remember my dad always saying, and this is me as like a 17 year old, he always said, you know, I admire the fact that you're so resilient and I hope that you would continue to be resilient as you live your life. And my dad was a psychologist. He taught college kids, graduate student psychology. So the fact that he shared that with me was very impactful on me as I continued throughout my life. Now, unfortunately, my dad is not here with me, so he can't see me and see what I'm doing now, although I have a feeling he's still watching. But that's kind of where it first started. And I just think that resilience and perseverance, it's really hard. And there's many times we want to quit, but... I always think about if I choose to quit now, I don't want to look up a year from now and be like, mm, I don't have any regrets. And I think the fact that what I went through personally when my daddy passed away suddenly, and it really was a wake up call to me to be like, and it's very cliche, it's very trite, but you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So you need to do anything you can do today to make sure you're happy with what you're doing, you're living and trying to pursue your passion and things that make you happy. And of course, it might not be a smooth road all the time, but if you can just keep moving forward despite any mishaps, despite any failures or falling down, I think there's another famous African proverb, fall down seven times, get up eight times. It goes something like that, I'm paraphrasing. And I just think that the lessons I've learned personally and then professionally in life, because there have been jobs I've had where it might not have gone well, but you have to keep moving forward, learn lessons, and I just think that all of my experiences in the past have made me who I am now, and I still want to continue to learn, which is why, as you spoke about, through the music production journey and the DJ school journey, I just kind of try to challenge myself, keep moving forward, learning, and just keep going. Armani, you really nailed it with that word, resilient. And it's an important thing for leaders to be. It's an important thing to be in education as we persevere and have these students in front of us to teach resiliency or to exemplify resiliency. It's powerful because I can see how people quit right before. They should have experienced success and probably one of the hardest things to do, which is why it's important to have coaches and mentors speak into your life. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. I agree. You reminded me of a story. It's kind of an old wise tale about the Chinese bamboo tree. You could be watering it for five years. And so it doesn't grow. Nothing comes out of the ground. But then after that fifth year, it grows, you know, to maybe 30 or 40 feet in like six months. And what you Mm -hmm. shared reminds Mm -hmm. me of that, whereas you just have to keep at it. And eventually it will come out of the ground. That's beautiful. So Armani, many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners. What does that mean to you? And what are you learning now? I love learning. What I'm learning now is how to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I'm going through the process of determining the subject and just writing. That's something that's very timely that I'm learning right now. And that's in addition to my weekly practice of my music theory, whereas I'm trying to learn how to recognize when a song is playing what are the chords that the artists are using? And so you have to use your cadences, figure out the key of the song and work from there. So those are two really difficult things that I'm learning right now, Mm -hmm. but I love it and it's challenging and it will help me become a better musician and it'll help me become a better person as well. And certainly a stronger leader. Definitely. Thank you. All right, so if there were something you could change in education, what would that be? 
I would probably change the way students are judged less on traditional exams and tests and more on experiential things that will let us know like project-based how, how project-based things which you know i can kind of add a little bit in my classes mm -hmm. currently but you were still kind of traditionally focused on grading systems like that so that's a shift more project-based learning because once you finish college in life we really are doing just a bunch of different projects, whether it be you have a job, and you have a certain task, or maybe you're renovating your house, that's a project, or you're learning a new skill. Everything we do in life, for the most part, is all project-based. So why don't we teach students project-based learning? And then also, I think in school, we don't learn a lot about your credit, managing your money, how to handle like life events, whether it be the death of a family member, doing your will, staying out of credit card debt, kind of those simple but very complex life issues that we just kind of have to learn by going through them. I don't know how, but if there was a way for us to develop a class that maybe everyone who either is about to graduate from high school or is in college could learn kind of a life skills class just to give people an opportunity to learn about how to handle these things, I think it will be extremely beneficial. You speak about this financial literacy, and it's absolutely true. And there are people who want to bring this to schools, and there are schools that are teaching this. And project-based learning, it's something that we're trying to shift to do more of. I'm glad you brought that up. Now, Amani, what have you read, watched, or listened to that our listeners should as well, and why? I'm a really big book reader. I think last year I read probably 52 books books. This year, I'm on pace for a little over 40. I had to slow down because I'm teaching the class. I have to read my class materials. I'll probably give you three or four books or things to listen to. The first one is mm -hmm. The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Mm -hmm. I just finished this process where it's 12 chapters in a book. You do a chapter a week, and then you do the activities at the end of each chapter to help you kind of open up your creativity and remove any blocks that you have. And this was an amazing experience. I recommend doing it with a partner. You don't necessarily have to know them well, but someone who's as committed to learning and tapping into their creativity as you. And it was just an amazing result. The book is phenomenal. I'm going to read it again right away. So that's something I just finished. I highly recommend my next choice would be Big Magic. It's a book by Elizabeth Gilbert. And so it just talks about how the creative process and working through that. I recommend actually getting the book on Audible and listening to it because um, she narrates it. And ironically, she credits her experience with The Artist's Way in allowing her to write Eat, Pray, Love, which is probably one of her biggest books to date. And then third, I love Les Brown. Living on Purpose, I believe is the name of his book, and he narrates that as well. And I recommend listening to that. I listen to that one maybe once a quarter. That's very viable as well. And then in terms of fiction, I do think fiction can be very helpful to allow you to escape and just kind of put yourself in another place. One of the best fiction books I've read in the past five years was Shantaram by Gregory David Roberts. And that's just a phenomenal fiction book. It's about a thousand pages long, so it'll take you time, but it's real worth it. And then watching, I am almost through the Netflix documentary with Quincy Jones. And I think that if you like music at all, Mm -hmm. watch that documentary it's phenomenal his skill set what he went through who he's worked with and just his perspective on music and life i just think that's a phenomenal documentary as well i'm gonna rewatch it again yeah those would be mm -hmm. my four choices i mean we could go on all day but uh, i bet those. you know and this is gold to me because 
I don't like to waste my time. So I really appreciate you giving us abundant resources. Well, I'm going to start reading The Artist's Way right away. Oh. I have that on my list. When you oh. finish that, please <laughs> let me know your thoughts. I think you'll tell within the first two chapters after you read it and you just kind of digest it, you'll be like, whoa, this is something I've never experienced. And I learned it. Once again, we're talking about leadership and listening. On my podcast, I had three or four people recommend this book right away. And mm. so just to have so many people emphatic about reading it, I was like, whoa, I need to take notice. And it okay. was well worth it. Well, good to know. Now, Amani, you have a lot of responsibilities. What do you do on a daily basis to set your mind? Yes, I do have a lot of responsibilities. To set my mind, I have a practice where I'll wake up in the morning I will walk my dog, which kind of helps me wake up and clear my head. I will then practice my piano for 35 to 40 minutes. And what that does is that's kind of my form of meditation. It really kind of helps calm me down and just really kind of set my day off on the proper level. Mm -hmm. And then I'll journal. I'll usually journal, do my morning pages, which I got from the artist's way for three pages. So it takes about 20, 25 minutes. And this is all without kind of getting on my phone or getting online. So through that process, that allows me to get properly focused for the day, set any intentions I have for the day, and really get my mind right so that I can attack the day with the tasks I have to do, stay organized. And that's kind of my daily routine that is really beneficial for me. So what time do you usually get up in the morning? On average, probably around 7.30 in the morning mm -hmm. so that I can get all this done by 9 and then kind of get to the rest of the day. Now, some days I might have to get up extra early, so I have to adjust the timing or do the piano later. But for an average, it's probably at about 7.30 in the morning. I think this is really important because we tend to want to skip this and go right to work. What I find is that effective leaders do set their minds before the work. So I appreciate you sharing. You do. Now, Amani, if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give the younger you about leadership? The advice I would give my younger self about leadership is to pay attention to anyone who I perceive to be in a leadership position. Just pay attention to what they do. Learn from the good things they do and learn from the things that maybe they don't do well. And I would also say to read more about leadership when I was younger so I could learn more both by observation and by reading. You already did that. Like you already learned from other people when you were younger. But I yeah. like the fact that you added that you would read more. And now we have Audible, so we really have no excuse. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. This has been a wonderful conversation. So I really appreciate you, Lily. I would also say that it's never too late to develop and become a leader. I've seen people who 55 or 60 and have stepped into their leadership roles and it's been very inspiring. So you can be 12 years old, you can be 65 years old and become a leader. So I don't want people to feel as if it's too late. Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage people to ask questions, just how you spoke about in the beginning and how you yourself are very curious. I think if you're curious, ask questions, reach out to people, ask for advice, ask for people to share stories. What did they learn now? What advice would they give their younger selves? If you're curious and you want to become a leader, you're interested, ask questions and talk to people who you feel are leaders. And I think that what you will learn from them is gold. And I want to encourage people to keep at it. Don't think it's too late. 
and just embrace the leadership skills that they have within them and try to grow them as much as they can. Thank you, Armani, for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. I agree. Thank you very much for having me. Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.